course, okay. we're, we're back at it again. This is the men of the machine, and we're going to keep this gravy train a rolling. We're going to keep chugging at you with new episodes coming at you like a pedophile who sees an unsupervised playground. Never stop. No okay, too far? Okay, back <laughs> yeah, it up. Really Point remains that, uh, yeah, we're going to keep releasing episodes as often as uh, we can get together to record them. So, of course, I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. And today we are going to talk about a whole slew of things, but I wanted to just just get some get something off my chest. I'm in a real bummed out mood. I'm real sad because uh, I had a I had a pretty rough scenario happen about an hour ago, Patrick. It hurt. It cut okay. me deep. Okay. Me and my wife decided to make nachos for dinner, which is never a bad idea, and it's always <laughs> amazing. And I, you know, I I, I season the ground beef. And I mixed it all up, and I was feeling so good, layered it, two, two layers, you know, because if you only put chips on the bottom and then a bunch of stuff on top, there's always those chips that don't have anything on them that are hidden underneath. So we double layered it. It was so pretty, took it out the oven. Oh, look at how nice that is. We go to sit down to start munching down. We just take the whole tray with us. And I set yeah. it down for a minute so I could re, re, rejigger the, uh, the hot hands, slid right off onto the floor upside down. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, I legitimately almost started crying. That that would have been the first time I've cried in like 10 years, and I almost broke down in tears. I laid down on the couch, I put my head in between my arms, and I didn't know what to do with my life. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Like, dude, no. that's why you put it in the serving dish. It's the hottest thing out of the fucking oven, dude. Like, oh, Listen, I we we do this every time. It's a system. You come out with the hot hands. Someone's sitting down on the couch. You hand them the the, the hot plate uh, or the tray, I should say, and they have one one hot. I, what what do you call those things? Why do I I keep calling them hot hands? But they obviously have a name. Potholders. Yeah, potholders. So you put one potholder under there, and then once you set it down with your left hand, you take your right hand, slide it under, shake your hand out of the potholder, and then boom, it's sitting on your lap. And it just, oh, it went so wrong so fast. (laughs) Man, it was no es bueno, my man. Mi hombre. I was, oh, it was so, but that's neither here nor there. Um that was just you know hashtag struggle of the night i i couldn't handle it and that's actually happened to me one other time i took a fresh pizza like a homemade pizza out the oven and as i lifted it up the lid or the uh the the pan caught the edge of the oven and i just flipped it right over top back inside the (laughs) oven that one was a little worse because we had to clean the oven and it was like 450 degrees but today i was so ready for nachos and it just just took a dive so i apologize to anyone out there listening for my slightly down demeanor i just i just can't even handle my emotions and it's just you can relate someone can relate i i'm sure of it i mean people in the first world can in fact relate yes but i mean even (laughs) even the third world people can relate i bet if you went to hand them food and threw it on the ground they would not be happy with you (laughs) So, I mean, but I'm pretty sure they'd be like, well, that, that's unfortunate. Like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to. 
I'm not going to go ahead and tell you that like $15 worth of nachos went right to waste. We picked up the layer that didn't hit the ground and still ate it, but it wasn't the same. It was cooled down from the airflow when it fell to the ground, and it just, it was all mashed and jumbled and no longer the perfect like symmetrical nachos I personally prefer, and oh my goodness, but live and learn, right? You know, you gotta, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down, Patrick. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. And now we're going to get sued. (laughs) No, it was spoken word, okay? That's called poetry, and it's something I excel at, my man. It's really not terrible. I'll say that. (laughs) But let's let's talk about what we want to talk about today. So I want to do... Few little, you know, if you listen to the one that we labeled conversationality, it's going to be similar to that. Um, kind of go off our list like we like to do because that's personally my favorite way to do podcasts. And I wanted to talk or pitch slash get Patrick's pitches on a few comic book ideas. So that should be fun because we all know how creative Patrick likes to be when I put him on the spot. So let's see how that turns out. I actually have an idea. Oh yeah. Okay, we'll save it because I wanna. We'll get we'll get to that in about fifteen minutes. But oh, by the way, I do you know what I noticed today? I was at work and uh, Dirk's or Dirk Gently is already on Blu-ray. Yeah, it it it's been at Best Buy for like a week now. I'm looking this up because I'm gonna purchase it. Yeah, go to go to freaking Best Buy tomorrow and just boom, purchase it, put it in your bag, and walk out. Because I was blown away because I was telling my wow, friend Christy about it. Yeah, I was telling my friend Christy about it, and she's like, "Yeah, we sell that." I was like, "You, there's that show finished like three weeks ago, a month ago. There's no way you already had that out." No, I just put it out last week. It's not supposed to be out. It's supposed to be out on the twenty fourth. <laughs> well, we have it out in our store. So if you live in Eastern Connecticut and you want to get get a hold of something, go go ahead, be my guest. Have you ever tried to buy something at work when it's not viable? Because they won't sell it to you. This one will not let you sold. So. Yeah, the computer shows it. But if you throw enough of a fit, then they have no choice and we can get fined. Uh, I mean, no, we can't. Who told you that? Just do it. Um, all right. So that was just a fun little thing that I was blown away by the fact that the Blu-ray is already made. And I'm, they must have like finished filming the show and they're like, all right, start it up. Put it on the Blu-rays. Oh, it was That's wonderful. Fair, though. Yeah. Either way, pretty cool. You guys, you know, anyone who was interested or heard our podcast, definitely check it out. It's not that expensive. It, I mean, obviously you can watch it for free on the BBC app, but you know, support the show and hope. I, there's already a season two, but keep it going. I love that show. That show's so good. Indeed. But that's neither here wait, nor there. Okay, wait. Maybe it's a Best Buy thing. So I'm on the Best Buy app, and it says one ten, and then I'm going on um, Amazon's app, and it says the twenty fourth. Oh, so, so yeah, maybe Amazon just has a slight a, a slight delay on their release because we have it on our shelves. So, and I'm 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 assuming Christy is pretty pretty uh, hardcore strict about the way she does her planograms and like puts out movies and whatnot. She is the media person, so I trust her skills. Fair enough. I might. Yeah. I mean, I might try that tomorrow. <laughs> go go walk in and look. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I don't know if you guys have it out, but I wouldn't doubt. Stanley. Stan's still the one doing that, right? He's probably putting it out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Freaking. Was he Stanta this year for? Walking uh, around probably. The store? I can't remember. Okay. But <laughs> well, enough about work. People don't want to hear about that. Except for the only people who listen to this are people we work with generally. So I guess they might want to. Uh, <laughs> 
But okay, so before I grab one off, is there anything you wanted to do? Anything you spiked your mind? You do anything sweet today that you wanted to chit chat about? No, I mean, what I did was, I mean, well, I guess because my roommate and I, we didn't watch it live because I was working and he was working. So um, today we watched the uh, entire uh, United Kingdom Championship tournament on WWE Network, which was fucking awesome. And like, I really, I guess, I think it was like, I mean, I, I knew. Pretty much everybody that was in progress, because I like progress wrestling, because basically, like, it really called like, crack wrestling. Basically, we had, like, the big markets, depression wrestling, so I like a lot of those. So, like, some of the dudes I knew, some of them I didn't, but, like, it's it's it was really fucking good. And, and the thing that I was just saying to Justin was I was like, I like that it seems that Triple H has a different view of tournaments than Vince does, so I guess Vince doesn't like tournaments. Um, but this year alone, we've had... Uh, the Dusty Classic, which was uh, basically where it's a tag team tournament. Um, we had the Cruiserweight Classic, which was a Cruiserweight tournament. And then we've had this uh, tournament. So it's like, when I was a kid growing up, like everybody was like, the favorite fucking review, everybody was fucking horrible. I was not that. I was the guy who liked King of the Ring. And it stopped doing like 10 years ago, probably more than 10 years ago. I can't remember the last time it happened. Or like maybe close. Like, I mean, I do them intermittently, like, like one while. They'll be like, hey, if I need a gift, so they'll like have the king ring and then make them king for a while. But it's it's basically only for that purpose. Like it's not an actual thing anymore. Yeah. I kind of hope this brings it back. Um, because I mean, when Triple H finally take over, like it'll be cool to see it come back and I get thrills. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, really cool. Like especially like uh, a friend of mine, Gareth from England. Um, he like, posted like um the, on Facebook. Where he was like, um, that this Pete Dunn and Mark Andrews meeting stars. I'm like, duh. Like, <laughs> this tournament, if Mark Andrews, Pete Dunn, um, Tyler Bates, uh, Trent Seven, Wolfgang, if those guys aren't fucking, like, if, if the, the whole plan of it was to do, it's maybe like the start of like a new, kind of like a TV show. Cause basically, like, the Cruiserweights, um, there's a Cruiserweight classic, and then they, Put the cruise in raw, then the cruise waits their own show two hundred five live. And I guess the plan is basically to do um, basically like a UK WWE TV show. Um, which if they don't use all these people and they don't like sign them, I will be honestly fucking shocked because some of these dudes are fucking like bigger. Like they should be huge fucking stars. And like the fact, and I mean it's gonna suck because it's like something that. Um, I'd never really thought about until recently. Um, Kenny Omega had tweeted um, right around the time, right right before Wrestle Kingdom, where he was talking about basically like um, WWE basically creating a monopoly, and like it is something that we've all kind of encouraged because it's, it's no matter how much you love like indie wrestling. I mean, like the whole thing is like everybody fucking everybody in the industry wants to be that wants like their WrestleMania moment and shit. So everybody wants to sign WWE. And for a long time, that was impossible because, like, Vince just was not about indie dudes. And then, like, when Triple H took over as, like, the talent relations guy, clearly Triple H is all about indie dudes because it's been, like, this huge fucking influx of indie dudes. And so now it's, like, basically it's, like, it's like when will this guy show up? When will this guy show up? When will this guy show up? And it's just, like, okay, but at a certain point, if you take everybody, like, all the top independent stars, then what happens to those independent promotions? Because they will then have nobody worth seeing at their shows so then those will kind of die on the vine and basically end up like we were um it's kind of like it's feeling we're doing a cycle 
Because mm-hmm. basically there was like that whole thing. There was a time when there was WWE, there was WCW, and there was ECW. And then ECW died, WCW died, and WWE was the only game in town. They had brought in all the good people from those promotions. But the problem is with no competition, it just fucking just it got so shitty because it was so up its own ass that eventually it stopped being watchable, which is why I stopped watching for like at least like five years. And then it was really it was Punk that brought me back. But it was really the reason I came back was because of Ring of Honor, which is where I first saw Punk, and like all those guys. And now all those guys that I was watching in Ring of Honor are now like the top guys in WWE. Like Kevin Owens was Kevin Steen, um, Sami Zayn was El Generico, like on and on and on. And it's like, okay, but if you take all these guys from those promotions, then eventually, like, yeah, like it's cool that WWE has all these guys. But then you, they have no competition again, and then they get, they disappear up their own asshole again, and then the fucking product becomes shitty, and then you have no alternative. So it's like I do get Kenny Omega's thought process, which is why I was just like, I would like to see those guys. Like if they do like a weekly show, they definitely have to have those guys. But I definitely feel like there are some people that would it would behoove them. Like the whole thing of the Young Bucks recently signing another deal with Ring of Honor when everybody kind of expected them, half, at least half expected them to sign with WWE. Um, like, because really, I mean, like if you if everybody signs there, like, yeah, it's awesome for me as a fan, but like it also sucks for me as a fan in the long term because eventually there will literally be no other alternative. Like, because that's the thing is like when, when like the, currently like Raw is an okay show, SmackDown is a great show, NXT is a fantastic show, um, 205 Live is a good show, like whatever. But like, it's like, if there's nothing to make them try to make the best possible product, then at a certain point, they will get lazy and they will get crappy again. Like that's the thing like, there was, as I'm saying, like I literally, like I was the most passionate like wrestling fan in the world when I was like when I was younger and then like I completely fell out of it because I'm just like this is bullshit like this is just like it's, it's the same bullshit and it's just like I have nothing else to watch now whereas back in the day it was like when I didn't like WWE I could watch ECW or mm. occasionally WCW but it's like if WWE basically like gets everybody that's cool in every promotion at a certain point all of you to watch is WWE and then once they win that war then it's just like well, what's next? Because at that point, you just kind of get lazy and you get complacent and then the product suffers and then I as a fan suffer. So it's like part of me is happy for every time that like somebody gets signed and another part of me is just like, oh, dear God. Like, I never thought about it until Kenny Omega said it and I'm just like, oh, Jesus. Like, it would really be awesome because like, they've been teasing ever since. Um, I think it's, the thing that's most ironic is ever because um, the night after uh, Wrestle Kingdom, or I'm sorry, the night after New Year's Dash, um, when Kenny Omega and Okada had that match, uh, Kenny Omega then tweeted that he was taking some time off from New Japan to reassess his options. And the thing that everybody screamed at that moment was WWE. And at first it's exciting, and it's like, and then the other part of me is just like, well, fuck, like, what does that do to New Japan? Like, he just built this dude into, like, one of the biggest stars in that promotion, and now you've just lost one of your main eventers. I mean, there's only, like, a handful. Like, that's the whole thing is, like, Every fucking product only has like a handful of main eventers. Like no matter what company you go to, there's like I mean WWE, there's like let's let's say like I don't know, probably less than ten like yeah. in total. Like yeah. in PWG, like in all the other factions, like there's like there's what, like maybe less than five, probably like two or three if you really break it down. Um so it's like in New Japan, yeah, there's probably like maybe like five, maybe six. 
But, like, it would definitely hurt them a lot to lose Kenny Omega. And then ever since then, John Cena's been Instagramming pictures of Kenny Omega, which sometimes he does just to troll people. But at the same time, he posted one of AJ Styles, and then AJ Styles showed up. So, like, I'm like, it would not shock me if Kenny Omega showed up in the Rumble. And I'm not saying I would not mark out, like, a madman if he came out and it was, like, the fucking cleaner and, you know, the Terminator entrance and shit. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's also at the same time, I'm like, I part of me would be like, well, fuck, what does New Japan do now? Because, like... Would they just lost the guy they had built as being essentially the almost their CM Punk to Okada's John Cena? Like, so I mean, Jesus Christ, like that'll be devastating. So, part of me just hoped it's all like an elaborate work where basically, like, Kenny Omega will just it'll be just a, a trap that he's using to do like a big time like face return when he comes back where he's not a heel anymore, and either they or they, or they just turn all the Bullet Club face finally. That's pretty much the best way to kind of at this point to rejuvenate Bullet Club is they've kind of done I think all they can as heels. So like to do a face turn would be really cool. But at the same time, just like it's a really it's I I have said before and I will say again, it's a really good time to be a wrestling fan, but at the same time it's just like when you think about it like in those terms, it's like it's also kind of a terrifying time because it's just like I don't want to end up where we were. Because where we were sucked, and I just, I couldn't fucking stand yeah, the product. But you got, like, a few good, solid years of just really, really good matches and good character building. You know, I mean, there's ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, but I, I'd rather, like, that's, I, I like the idea of, like, having all these different alternatives plus having this thing. Because, like... Fair enough. Because it's, like, as I'm saying, like, because that's, that's the whole thing. It's, like, the, like the uh, what, I can't remember the exact quote. But where it's basically like um, like rising waters causes everybody to rise. It's like the better New Japan is, the better WWE will be. Like the better yeah. Ring of Honor is, the better that they will be. Like the better like blah, wrestling blah. Reaganomics, sort of. You know, it's <laughs> you not know? Really like that. It's just like it's just, it's just the sphere of competition <laughs> makes everybody better. It just makes me laugh. Yes, no, I, I get what you're saying. It's just you know, it's like when Marvel and DC, like in the 2000s, like it was amazing. Because they were both, like, struggling to be the best. Like, they were both, like... Yeah. They were, like, signing people exclusively and, like, taking this guy from this guy and, like, this guy from this company and this guy from this company and blah, blah, blah. People running back across the street and blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, that made for, like, a really exciting product because everybody was just, like, forcing themselves to be the best. And yeah. then once kind of everybody kind of had, like, a ceasefire, essentially, like, because Marvel kind of started doing the move, like, kind of focusing more on movies um dc kind of just doing their own thing whatever it just like at a certain point like it just kind of when the competition died it's kind of like the quality definitely dipped and that is yeah. not something i want like i'd rather well, people fighting tooth and nail to be the best possible product than the alternative of just kind of having shitty stuff just for the sake of it yeah the only like kind of relatively douchey pessimistic answer i can i can have to that is you know if if it's great all the time it's never great so I mean, you you gotta have the down moments to really really love how great it is right now, so to speak. And well, eh, no, I'm not whatever. That, but I mean, like, because there was a time when it was good. Like there was a there was a good long while where it was good and it wasn't great. Like, and I mean, like I'm okay with it being good, but I'm saying when it's mediocre is when it's just like, what the fuck is even the point? <laughs> like, yeah, it's mediocre definitely. or shitty. I'm like, well, I don't want to watch this. Like, I don't want to read this. Like, if it's just like, if it's just people basically like calling it in, I'm like, what's the fucking point? <laughs> True, true. And I just want to point something out. This is non-related to the topic at hand. Uh, if, if you notice listening, Patrick's audio quality jumped dramatically. And I don't know if it's my internet, his internet. It kind of does this to us every time we start recording. But 
if it ever stays really shitty and one of us sounds really bad, we're still gonna release it. We'll just do something, you know, fucking clever, like call it We Like It Rough or something like that. <laughs> and we'll still put it out. We'll just throw it out on a random day because I, I don't ever want any, like, Conver- my favorite thing about podcasts is just good conversation i don't give a shit about the ed- editing i don't give a shit about the voice like because you know some people have annoying laughs or voices i just like the conversation so if we still have a rough record uh recording still gonna put it out there we'll just drop it randomly like just so that it's on the page and if some people like to listen to it by all means go to town uh, i will say but, like i mean like one of the you sound uh, excellent right now just so you know like it came all the way back it's perfect okay um, one of the episodes of uh, Gifted Punctures, we did the horror episode. We were outside in the rain, and Kevin was just like, oh, Christ, like, dude, the rain is fucking unbearable. I'm like, whatever. I still am proud of the episode, so fuck it, whatever. Yeah. I just love talking, and I love listening to people talk. I have been listening to podcasts uh, every morning nonstop. A couple friends at work, uh, Jeff, JJ, and Sal did a podcast two years ago. They only recorded four episodes and then stopped, which is a major bummer, because I actually enjoyed listening to theirs. As we all know... I can't stop listening to Kevin Smith. I am on the biggest edumacation bender of my life right now. I listen to about three episodes a day, and they're like two hours long each. And uh, I listen to them on my way to work. I listen to them in the morning before the store opens. I listen to them on my way home if like I'm doing dishes or laundry, whatever. It's Kevin Smith all day, every day. And Andy McElfresh is amazing and hilarious and my you know my dream is one day he'll hear me saying these super sweet little nothings and he'll be like wow you guys have a job and then boom me and patrick are employed by kevin smith how wonderful would that be that would be yeah that's the dream so and the goal to that is persistence i told patrick this earlier his gifted punksters uh podcast is on like 52 51 i I don't know there's quite a few episodes out of that 52 episodes of that one out there and i told him with this we're gonna hit 100 episodes before gifted punksters does and i stand by that i'm gonna record as often as possible if something new happens we're gonna record it hopefully phil can edit it as quick as he can we're gonna throw it out there i'm gonna have to start paying him eventually because man that guy has pretty good turnaround uh (laughs) thank you phil we love you um but yeah sorry i just wanted to say that i'm i'm was thinking about it while you were talking because like midway through your your go about uh, uh about the wrestling it just all of a sudden you sounded like well at least in my headphones i don't know about in the raw editing but in my headphones it sounded like really nice and clear finally and i was like oh nice and it stayed that way so thumbs up to to skype yay not a yeah, mine, mine sounded good before <laughs> so i was fine <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yours is always going to sound good to you and mine to me, which uh, eventually I'm going to get to the point, if I ever come to Saratoga and set it up for you, uh, where we record your audio as well on your computer. That way you could send your audio to me, and we can put my recording of my voice, your recording of your voice, and it'll sound like we're in the same room as opposed to over the internet. Philip already does a great job of making it sound less like it's an internet call, and I, I thank him a thousand times for that. But in the future, it'll just get better and better, and if we ever get sponsors and we can afford better equipment... It's only up from here, Patrick. Okay, Shit, man, we're all the way up. We're going. (laughs) Fair enough. But enough about that. We made our point. I'm really excited about it. Um, Yes, so let's do... We're already... Oh, my God. We've already been recording for, like, 20 minutes. Let's go into... I really want to talk comic-y ideas, because I just... If we're being fair, you said, and I quote, when I was going to pitch my idea, you're like, no, no, we'll do it in, like, 15 minutes. So, you know, it's been 20. That's actually pretty accurate. Guess what? The time is now. We're living it, Patrick. This is all on. Actually, no. I want to. I want to do one of mine because I got two. One that we talked about on a previous podcast. I don't remember which episode. Don't try to question my memory. It never ends well for either of us. <laughs> and 
uh, another one that's Batman. So which one do you want me to talk about first that you can poke holes in? <laughs> I mean, I could just pitch first, but okay, go ahead. Uh, let's go with the Batman, I guess. <laughs> okay, okay, so the Batman one. So here's the, here's the premise behind my Batman story. So I don't believe it's been done to the degree that I'm thinking yet. You correct me if I'm wrong as time goes on. But every so so batman's whole personality everything about him is that he's actually batman not bruce wayne like that's what he believes at least in the majority of stories there's been a thousand and one different tellings of batman but the the the, the general consensus is that he's actually batman not bruce wayne at least in his mind so fighting crime beating these bad guys protecting gotham which is impossible because gotham's just a shit show no matter what the story is being told uh that's what he does so i want to write a story or be a part of a story that is there a way we can copyright this episode so people can't take my ideas i don't think so someone's gonna listen to this in like 10 years and i'm gonna pick up off the freaking shelf that my story and i'm gonna be like those sons of bitches i didn't think that's on me i didn't say it tm do i just have to say it tm not the point (laughs) neither here nor there so i want to do a story where batman is no longer needed in Gotham City for one reason or another. I'm I'm more on the side that the villains left Gotham for for greener pastures, but you know, it would also be plausible, I guess, that he just completes his job. Like they they clean up Gotham City, they create or they make uh, Arkham Asylum uh, I, I don't impenetrable, whatever you want to say. They they make it <clears throat> perfect and Batman is no longer needed to fight these villains day in and day out every night that he does it so you know I, I that could go either way this is just a premise so anyways and the point of the story is all the villains are gone or locked away and batman has like an existential crisis about who he is because he goes out at night and he just ends up sitting on the rooftop like a gargoyle like yeah there's an occasional you know mugging or whatever and he would obviously being batman still fight for justice but that shit only happens like once a week he's just sitting on rooftops playing his 3ds like wasting time no no this i won't be able to write this that quickly this will be in a few years so he'll be playing his nintendo switch up on those rooftops just fucking like what am i doing with my life and then so so here's what i'm thinking this could go one of two ways for me one is that he gives up his batman like he's he's like fine i'm done with it and he just retires batman obviously without telling anybody he just retires the suit and all that stuff and he goes on as bruce wayne but he can't he can't like cope with just being a billionaire he doesn't give a shit so he starts like fucking off at work he starts become you know every uh billion or not billionaire but every rich person has like their bender so to speak so bruce wayne goes on a a bender where he's in the tabloids for being just an idiot all the time no one can figure out why he is he gets like arrested and all this he's just being a goddamn idiot Uh, and he can't decide who he is or the other idea that, that i think would be neat is if he went to everyone else's cities to help them fight like say he showed up in a starlight city is it starlight where flash is okay flash is in central city central City. city Or Keystone City based on if you're going with Wally. Star City, or on the TV show Arrow, Starling City is where Green Arrow is from. Ah, so let's say he goes to Starling City where the Green Arrow is because we know, you know, like you've said before, they they made Green Arrow more badass now, so he's kind of like a Batman. Let's say he goes to Starling or Star City uh, and starts fighting like one of those villains and Arrow just shows up and he's like, what are you doing here? And Batman's like, you know, he's all, he's Batman, so he's just like, I'm Batman. 
Oh, I'm Batman. And that's all he can say because that's all Batman does. And then uh, he basically gets kicked out by Arrow. Like, no, I've got this under control. This isn't like a, this isn't like a dark side type threat. I've got this. Leave. I don't watch you here, Batman. So he goes to another, you know, he goes to Metropolis or he goes to Central City or whatever. And everyone just kicks him out. And Batman has no purpose anymore. And I don't have an ending. But one that I thought would be super intense and dark and is a major spoiler for what I'd like to do, and it it would only allow for a one-off. My Batman is not in continuity, by the way. I'm pretty sure that's clear at this point. <laughs> the uh, I think it would be a super intense ending that he comes clean as... Me and Justin were actually talking about this on the on the headset. He comes clean as Batman to, to all of Gotham City because he just can't take being bruce wayne anymore and obviously batman's not needed so he comes clean and everyone freaks out and holy shit and there's like riots and that or and slash you know it's like the two-sided superman thing some people love him some people hate him uh in the streets like the new movies did in uh, that's more spider-man than superman (laughs) yeah in batman versus superman but yes spider-man's a better example but anyways so everyone's got their their things they're freaking out so batman sorry i gotta stop calling him that because he retired bruce wayne uh goes and visits his parents grave one last time as like uh you know like uh i i did it i'm done whatever i stopped crime yada yada and some like d level uh uh thug that batman puts away like just sees him there and sneaks up on him and just pops him right in the back of the head and batman dies on top of his parents grave as like uh, i'm done i think that would be the most intense ending ever and i love that I mean, that's like kind of like the whole like because he had said the story before where it's like um, that sooner or later, like someday he's going to die. He's just like could be the Joker, could be like whoever, could just be some punk who gets lucky. Like, yeah, yeah. What was so. that in where he said that? Because I've heard that. I can't remember, but I remember like I can't remember specifically, but I remember this the quote because I mean, yeah, cause, yeah I mean, I've, it, I've heard he, that quote. He's, I mean, cause that's the thing. he's like the thing I did before. There's a book that you should read called becoming batman where like the whole thing is basically this guy kind of does a study of what it would be like what it would take to actually be batman and like in doing it he basically like discovered, i think it's like literally like five years like basically you'd be able to you, if you actually managed to get yourself in a position to be batman you could only do it for like five years before your body broke down wow so like well, so it's like so that that's Go what's ahead. a little different about what I want to do than than a lot because there has been stories of Batman getting old or Batman like Batman Beyond he hands it off or obviously Frank Miller's The Dark Knight he's just older and he fights the Joker he's like what fifty or something like that in that one. Um, I feel like he's. 60. I want to do it sixty. Yeah, he's he's older, wrong. but I want to do it when he's. Age. I want to do it when he's still spry. I want like a middle of his career Batman that just actually accomplished what he was after as opposed to the never-ending battle like he just he's still young he just finished it and he's so old mentally like he's so broke down mentally from just completing what he thought was going to be an endless task and i just it's not like he's in this major epic battle it's not like old age got him it's not like an injury got him it's just like he gave up or not gave up he was no longer needed so he died just as any other person would and then who knows i mean you could turn around and just make the story even darker and gotham goes to shit again there's no one to protect it and the villains rule but i don't want to go that far i just want (laughs) batman dead and i think that would be intense i mean that's the thing is like the thing you did before like i think that um the dark knight christopher nolan said it best that there's like the line um 
that Rachel Dawes says, where she's like, when in a way, say in her letter to Bruce before she died, that he reads after she dies, where she was just like, basically, um, that there won't be a point when he doesn't need Batman. Like, it's like, there might be a point when Gotham doesn't need Batman, but he'll always need Batman. Even though I've never thought, it always annoyed me, like that whole idea, because Kevin Cardinal is the same thing, and I don't agree with it at all. Where like, um, like Batman's a true identity and Bruce uh, Wayne is the fake one. I was like, to me, there's three. Basically, you have um, public Bruce Wayne, which is a, which is an act. Like it's him being a playboy. Like it's him just being whatever. There's private Bruce Wayne, which is a real person. That's really who he is. Where it's very close to Batman, but then when you get to Batman, it's just like he's putting. It's the same thing as Bruce Wayne, where he's putting on a show. He basically, it's basically him being like a demon. Like basically, mm-hmm. like these are both performances. Like Bruce Wayne publicly is a performance. Batman publicly is a performance. Privately, it's a different guy. It's it's, it's something. It's somewhere okay. in the middle. And that's but do you is, like, do you think do you think Batman or Bruce Wayne can be Bruce Wayne without Batman though? Do you think he can? I honestly, as I'm saying, like that's I me. Mean, I do. I think he could exist. Yeah, because I mean, that was the thing that Batman Beyond did. But basically, he's like he continued to exist not being batman he just like hated his life but i mean it's just like the whole um thing i mentioned when you first pitched this to me was like in uh kingdom come the which my favorite comics ever um where basically it got to the point where bruce couldn't be batman anymore like physically and mm-hmm. so basically he had like bat bots he was controlling like all around gotham so basically he was still batman even when he couldn't be batman anymore because i do feel like that's probably something that would be accurate basically it's like there's always that kind of that idea that he would like hand it off to like Dick or Damien or like Tim Drake or whoever, but I honestly don't feel like he ever actually would. Like I think he's like content to kind of have them yeah. kind of branch out and do their own thing, and for mm-hmm. him basically be like always be Gotham's protector because he is that obsessive and single-minded that it's mm-hmm. like he because honestly it's the thing I mentioned before. Um, on Gifted Punksters, where it's like, if you read Dark Knight Returns, and you actually kind of take it to its logical conclusion, basically it's a fascist parable. Like, because mm-hmm. really, if you break down superheroes in general, like if you ever read The Authority, um, it's this comic book that Warren Ellis did back in the day, um, where basically it's like a bunch of superheroes that kind of band together and basically become the world authority, because they're basically like, we're sick of just putting out fires, we're sick of being firemen, basically we're just going to just take over the world, and oh yeah yeah i've heard you talk about this one yeah so it's like that's the thing is like if you break batman down like the the core it's kind of like i feel like he eventually would kind of take over gotham and i feel like if you give him give him the opportunity he probably would take over the world it's just a matter of he has enough of a conscience that like at some point Uh i think he understands that that would be going too far which is why he does Mm -hmm. it in gotham and doesn't branch out but like I do kind of, it's the thing I kind of want to talk about with my pitch, but it's just like the idea of like from being a hero, we're just like, how do you deal with the weight of it? Like the weight of it is just incredible. And I feel like you, 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 there's so many different ways you can go. You can either crap, like you can, you can basically crack under that weight and just become completely, mm-hmm. completely destroyed. Or you can basically, it's like the, the line in Dark Knight where it's just like you either die a hero, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Like, mm-hmm. At a certain point, the greatest comic like, book line, even though it wasn't in a comic book, the greatest shit. comic book line ever. But I'm just saying, like it's 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 it is kind of accurate. I don't think it's completely accurate, but I mean, like it is kind of like where it's like at a certain point, 
there is definitely a crossroads. And that thing is like, I do feel like there would be a point when like Bruce reached the crossroads, like no matter what the circumstances, whether it be yours or be something mm-hmm. else, but like where he would be like, should I be Batman anymore? And I do feel like in the end he would probably, I don't honestly think that he would like, I don't think he would really stop per se, but I don't think, I, I think he would still have that passion, but he'd also be mm-hmm. realistic enough to be like, I guess I'm going to have to find another way or I'm just going to have to basically like mm-hmm. just stay away manner forever and just see what happens until I die. Yeah. All right. So before you do yours, I got three, three things. One is a, a comment slash uh, further push my plot along and two are questions. So one or no, two are comments. One is a question. So one, uh, I think it would be a cool way to start it is that the entire because we talked about this but I thought thought of it more the entire rogues gallery of Batman decides to team up to take him down and in doing so because obviously if if all of them got together and just bombarded him at once like between like the Riddler's intellect the Penguin's mob ties the Joker being the Joker Poison Ivy Bane all that fun stuff let's say Catwoman's in this too uh so Batman can't handle him. So the Justice League gets together, and the Justice League fights Batman's rogues gallery, and in doing so, they kill all of the rogues gallery. That's how I want them to be gone. In some sort of, that's a story I have to think dramatically on and how they could die plausibly, because obviously the Justice League's not about killing people, so it'd have to be some like really big deal. But anyways, that's how I want Batman's villains to disappear, is that okay, the Justice League got all together and killed. Yeah, of course. Okay, like my whole thing is like, I actually told you this before. Basically, the plot of uh, Mark Millar's uh, Wanted comic book, and he kind of reused mm. it again in Old Man Logan, was if you really think about it, every superhero has like at least five, in mon- in some cases up to like a dozen. Um, mm. uh, Christ, in Batman's case, fucking at least probably two dozen yeah. uh, rogues, like Just villains. A lot. So it's like, it's realistically, at a certain point, if you took, if, if all the villains like across the universe we're like you know if we all teamed up we could take down all of the heroes because we would just overwhelm them with just sheer numbers that's why i had to narrow it down to just batmans versus the justice league that's why because yeah you're right i mean if lex luther even just lex luther jumping in there throws a pretty big wrench in the justice league system so that's why i'm saying just batman's baddies well yeah i'm just saying like that's the thing is like the whole idea like let's say you had to go to like full-blown war like Mm-hmm. You could really have it go either way. I mean, I, I feel like the villains would win just by virtue of sheer numbers and force, but you could always have the Justice League win. But I feel like that's what you. That's at that point you basically you've treaded into full blown authority territory. Because I feel like after they won that war, they would be like, you know what, never again, and they would basically be like, just basically stifle everybody forever to be like, we can't risk losing ever again hey, so we this is forever. my story buddy if that's what you want you tell it in your story okay, okay. so anyways okay. there's my comment two is the second comment is i'm i would my story obviously because i said it wasn't in continuity i'd pull very heavily on the mythos but i would this would clearly be sort of my own take on batman because the history would kind of contradict a lot of what i'm saying as patrick pointed out so it would not be perfect in continuity and three would you read my story patrick is it is it intriguing enough for you to at least pick up the first issue? Oh yeah, I mean I I mean granted I mean, yes. maybe I mean because I mean like there's oh some... you took a turn on me well no but I mean like there's some things that intrigued me that I still haven't read yet like um I always kind of wanted to read um because there was basically like uh Carrie Andrews did um basically a Spider Man version of Dark Knight Returns I can't remember what the fuck it's called 
um, I want to call it like Spider-Man's Last Stand or something. I don't think it's what it's called, but um, like I've wanted to read that forever, but I still haven't. Like it's like, it, but there, there are things that intrigue me that I'm like, I'm totally just like the TV thing I was talking about before. Like I am totally gonna do, like I'm totally gonna enjoy that, and I'm just like never getting around to it. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> would That's I in right. theory be interested? Yes. Like would I actually okay. do it? Who the fuck knows? If we ever get to the point where I can get this made somehow and get some amazing writer to do it and some amazing artist to draw it, I I have your full support. Yes. Ah, oh, dream scenario. Okay, let's keep as I called it earlier. Let's keep this gravy train a rolling. What's your idea? This is something I've been, it's been like kind of bopping around my head for years. Um, is it play on I an saw... old character? Yeah. Um, okay. Because there's like okay, there's like a bit in Superman Returns, like the um, the Brian Singer film uh, with Brandon Routh for Superman, where he basically flies. Basically, he's like talking about um, to Lois, basically like where he like kind of is out in space, and basically it's something they played with like all the years with Superman. Basically, he's in space, and he's hearing people calling for help, and it's like if you really think about it, like everybody, every second in the world, like. Somebody is dying, like somebody is in trouble, like whatever. It's like, it's like at what point? It's like how does Superman deal with the weight of that? That like, for every person he saves, God knows how many are hear, still dying. Yeah, he can hear everything. I mean, in in a lot of them, they've pointed them out like that. Like he is aware of virtually everything going on in the world using his super hearing or whatever, right? Yeah, that's the thing. That's why, like, I like. There's like that moment yeah. in um. Uh, Batman vs Superman, like where like he is kind of like yeah. the Jesus moment, where the family is yeah. on the the roof while everything's flooding and he's kind of coming down very slowly, like to save them, whatever. And I was like, yeah. what would it do to your psyche to like be the guy who could theoretically, he, I mean, the, who theoretically could save everybody, but realistically can't? Like, no matter mm-hmm. how fast you are, no matter how strong you are. You can't save everybody. And what would that do well, to yeah, you? Well, yeah, it was like in Watchmen where they were like, even Dr. Manhattan can't be everywhere everywhere at once. So Exactly. Yeah, he, there's nothing he could do as far as that. So continue. Well, that's, the whole thing. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like Dr. Manhattan, that's the whole thing. It's like Dr. Manhattan is basically like, I don't want to say a sociopath, he but basically he's not human. He's basically just like he's become yeah. something else. Um, whereas Superman, that's the thing I always thought was interesting about Superman that always pissed me off when they – changed it kind of more recently like with man of steel and everything was that they they played up the whole alien idea and i'm like the thing that makes superman interesting to me is not that he's an alien it's the fact that he as an alien is more human than any of us like he it's like the line in suicide squad was like we got lucky with superman he shared our values he shared our values because he was one of us he learned he learned at a young age that he wasn't and that yeah, fucked him I mean, up. But at the same time, he's still raised by humans. He still thinks of himself to a large extent as a human. So it's like he cares about people, and he's going to try to save his people, which Earth is mm-hmm. his adoptive people. So it's like, what would it do to his mind? To his just like the the weight of that? Like, how would you? So live what would be a few? What would be a few like uh, points? Like, how would it play out? How would your story play out? That's the thing. It's like it's just kind of something where I, I don't. It's it's kind of nebulous. So mostly I just want to kind of. I, it's mostly something where I just like. I feel like. I that thing is like I was like, what do you do if you like, get to the point when you realize you can do? Because basically you can go one of two ways. Either you basically you can. It's like the authority thing. Or basically it's like, you can either basically take over, and basically be like, 
okay, so now I'm done putting out fires. I'm just going to basically make it so that no more fires can ever happen, which is kind of what Superman Red Sun deals with. But at the same time, yep. you could also break completely and be like, fuck it. If I can't save everybody, I'm not going to save anybody and just not do anything. And I was like, I you know, you, you can do both, Sorry. but you can also do neither. Like, it's something like so hard. A cool thing to be in, like, in the middle of that run, like, say it was a 12-episode, or 12-episode, 12-issue uh, long run or something, is, like, in, the in like, the beginning, like, maybe the third or fourth issue, if you did an entire one where every single panel in that book, it'd be, it'd be a niche book, kind of like the Spider-Man silent, or the Marvel silent books where Spider-Man's aunt uh, May finds out he's Spider-Man and it's silent mm-hmm. the whole book. It'd be one of those type things where every single panel is him saving a different family like every single panel like there's no splash page, splash pages every single panel is him saving a different family and like from beginning to end let's say the book consists of 24 hours of him not stopping he saves you know thousands of people just here 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 he tries to do it all and just runs himself ragged i think that would just be a cool issue because you wouldn't really be reading anything you would just be what seeing him try you know across the entire globe save one person at a time or one family at a time or whatever i think that'd be kind of cool well, I'm saying that, would, but that, would, that, but eventually that would break you because, like, at a certain. Oh no, point, no, yeah, no, I, I, I can't wrap my head around the entire story. I'm, I, that's not where my head is going. I'm saying just one issue is. No, I yeah, think that would be a cool one to have like in the, the middle of it. It's like the line in Man of Steel, like where, um, Feora. I'm just gonna just call her Ursa because you can't have Zod not have Ursa, and it pisses me off. Um, where she's like, you can't win for every human you save. We'll kill a million more. It's mm-hmm. like. That's the thing. It's like for everybody he saves, he basically has to let other people die, and like that's what oh, I'm saying. Yeah, it's point. I feel like that would just that. Like, you've, you, I don't think you've ever read, but there's a character that Marvel um, in the 2000s, like a really big thing called the Century, that um, Brian Mendes mm. used him as a major part of his um, kind of architecture for Marvel for like the 2000s, where he was um, basically Marvel's Superman to a large extent, but he was a guy who was. When you find him, they first kind of introduced him or reintroduced him at the beginning of New Avengers, where he's literally um, by his own choice sitting in a hotel or sitting in a um, prison cell on the raft with all the other supervillains because he just can't. It just he's broken. Like he's agoraphobic. Um, he's just he's he's a mess. Like he just he can't deal with life, and he's yeah. the guy who can save a lot of people and he ends up having to and he was a big part of marvel and he gets manipulated and all that stuff but it's like that's the thing it's like i feel like at a certain point like no matter how hard you try you can't save everybody and that would eventually break you like eventually you would have to basically decide and realize that you have no other choice then you just have to do the best you can and real and just accept the fact that you can't save everybody and just you keep making these basically like almost arbitrary choices of who's going to live and who's going to die. And you basically are God for all intents and purposes. Like that would, that would just destroy your psyche. I can't feel like there's any way that would, that a human could deal with it. That's like the whole Jesus parable where it's basically like, um, if you watch dogma, like Kevin, like we're like, um, basically, uh, Rufus, Chris Rock's characters talked about like, um, the whole Jesus thing where he's like, Uh In the Bible, Jesus goes from 12 to 30. Like, 12 to 30. Like, what happens to the missing 18 years? And he's like, how long do you think it would take to wrestle with the idea of being told when you're 12 years old 
that not only are you the son of God, you are God himself. Like, how, how long would it take you to, to wrap your head around that? Like, 18 years. Like, it's like, I don't know if you could ever truly wrap your head around that. Like, I feel like that's the whole thing. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that I find interesting is, like, Batman is doing what he can within his means. Superman uh-huh. has almost infinite means, but he still doesn't have, like, he, it's not just Metropolis. Like, he's protecting the Earth. Like, he's protecting, to a large yeah. extent, the, like, the galaxy. I mean, Christ. I mean, yeah, he doesn't show up in, like, Green Lantern stories or anything that often, but he could because he can't. Oh, like, he wanted to, yeah. He can do, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so what would just... be, like, end of your story, like, not end of your story, sorry, you can keep talking. I'm just asking, what would be the way you would take it? What would the, like, third three quarters to the end of the book be? Would it be a broken Superman or would it be a decisive Superman or would it be a given up Superman? What I'm saying, like, I feel like at some point towards the middle it will basically be, like, because I, I do feel like the idea you had was solid. Basically, it's like where he basically just like at a certain point kind of doubles down and tries to be the guy, and then at a certain point he loses or like so he he makes the wrong or a choice he's not as happy with as he should be. And I feel like at a certain point he would just break. And I feel like for a while you just have basically a broken man who, because I, I feel like you, you would almost be like. Um, when they did the whole um, like funeral for a friend story, like when Superman died, where it's like all the other heroes kind of have to deal with the fallout of not having Superman. Like I feel like everybody would kind of have to like. I mean, I feel like Batman would the one to be most be like Batman and Wonder Woman would be the most be like, "What the fuck is the matter with you? Like snap out of it and be Superman again because we can't do this all on our own. We can't do most of this on our own. Like all of yeah. us, like the, the the other six magnificent seven. Like it doesn't matter like what." else like it doesn't matter like it's like i mean because in the end like batman i would consider kind of the leader of the justice league but in the end like the biggest gun is superman so it's like without their biggest gun it's like at a certain point like you're gonna start losing the war because you don't have that weapon anymore so i feel like eventually he would kind of galvanize himself and come back and be superman again and just kind of accept the fact that he can't be everywhere and he can't save everyone yeah. Um, so you bring you bring him back, not necessarily at a hundred percent, but you bring him back relatively back to Superman at the end. Yes. Okay. That's to. pretty cool. Oh, then all comics could well, have to go back to the status quo. <laughs> well, uh, if, eventually they have to go back to the status quo, but you've seen it plenty of times where one uh, one comic book writer leaves a story in the middle and or at a different ending, and someone picks it up and either writes the ship or continues on with a slightly weirder path. Well, yeah, like Mark but, Wade picking up after Andy Diggle on Daredevil, <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly, so <laughs> that could happen. All right, now let me, my last one will be short, because if you listen to the, uh, wait, I think it was the Nintendo, the first, no? I don't know, but we talked about it on another podcast, another episode. I am a big fan of taking characters completely away from who they are, kind of like my Batman thing where it's not exactly him or my nonstop quest to just find funny hypotheticals to ask my friends and family. So I think it would be great to take Doctor Strange in just a completely different direction. So here's the thing. Anyone at any time in comics can have, they don't even explain it fully sometimes, but can can turn. Uh, A way of their thinking can change, whether they go good or bad or just make a, fucking weird decision that everyone's like why would you do that or like in uh, superior spider-man it's actually a different person in his body i'm not worried about all of that stuff right now but just for the sake of trying to explain it later on i think it would be awesome if dr strange goes 
not necessarily evil, but he kind of does what Patrick said about like the fascist side of superheroes, and he's just like, screw it. I'm not putting up with anybody else and any other bull, and he just kind of loses it. So, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, he is... I, I don't know. I, I, you'd have to help me on this. I've read Wikipedia pages and random like superpower lists and stuff like this. He doesn't really have a limit on his powers, but he does. He can be the most powerful thing in the universe, but he's not. I, what is his deal? I mean, that's the thing. It's like the thing I said before, where it's like Joss Whedon talking about like um, when, like the way he's reading super, like superhero comics when he was like um, I think it's about like the nineties. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's like I'll rearrange your atoms. And he's like, like everybody's Doctor Strange now. Because in the end, I mean, Doctor Strange being the Surfacer Supreme, and the thing that because magic is so nebulous, that kind of mm-hmm. you can make his power essentially infinite, because like there is no real limits to magic because it's fucking magic. Mm-hmm. That's it's not it's not like <laughs> even if it is real, like it's it's still something where it's like it's so nebulous that it's hard to pin down. Man? I don't know the words. I'm going to stop there. Continuing on. Okay, so I painted this nice, nice, like, realistic picture of what a Doctor Strange person would be like. Well, let me take you, let me take you down a different alley here, okay? Let's head down this really dark alley. Just pull him down a little bit. You're going to enjoy it. So what I'm thinking is Doctor Strange gives up, hates everybody, is pissed with fighting all these people, so he goes around and he starts turning all the superheroes and supervillains into farm animals. He's just like, "Fuck you! I have magic." You, oh, I'm sorry, Hulk. You super strong. Watch me, magic. Now you got a small penis. And he's like, "It was never that big. Everyone just thinks it is because when I get madder, I get bigger. But in reality, you have to compensate for the size. So my dick just gets smaller and smaller and smaller." Anyways, off topic. So he takes the Hulk. Turns him into what would the Hulk be funny as? The Hulk gets turned into a pig, and then he, you know, Captain America gets turned into a horse because he's Captain America. He has to stay somewhat majestic. Takes Iron Man, turns him into a field mouse. Cause fuck Iron Man, you're being a cocky prick, and I'm done with you, Iron Man. So he turns him into a field mouse. Goes down, down the rankings. Turns everyone into uh into barnyard animals, and he opens a petting zoo. And I'm gonna think of a really clever name for that, but that will another day. Okay, this is brainstorming, Patrick. We're just kind of working our way through this. Are you following me? Are you happy? You sound... I can picture your face right now, and I'm not liking it. <laughs> I mean, I... You lost me at farm animals, but I understand. <laughs> okay, so... So, because magic, he turns them into that. So, anyways, every time one of the... So, there's, like, a few issues where he's continually turning them in and adding them to his 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 petting zoo every time one of them like gets a little hint of who they are like uh uh uh, uh what's his name hawkeye kind of like oh shit and he's a lamb and he bites a kid because he just like remembers who he is and it's the animal brain versus hawkeye brain and they freak out and he bites dr strange capitates them just their kappa gets detated and he puts it on his wall and he's and he just displays it and there's like a I want to do like a, a picture similar to the Joker, you know, where he's sitting in a chair and there's just mounted animal heads all over his wall. And each of them has like some little marking that shows they're one of the superheroes. And you know what? Thor gets turned into a goose. I just like the pig, a swan. Thor's a swan in my head right now. Okay. So, and then what happens is, all right, he's killed. Let's say he's killed a handful of somewhat important, somewhat not important superheroes. Scarlet Witch, because she's, She's magic, right? You can call her magic. Yes. I know she's a mutant, she's... but yeah, it's magic. Well, yeah, yes, it's, yes, absolutely, yes. 
Okay, so she, so she's got enough. She's no sorcerer supreme, but she's got enough that she takes herself out of being. What would Scarlet Witch be? Scarlet Witch can be. She can be a goat. That'd be pretty funny. All right, Scarlet Witch is a goat. So she can. She turns herself out and escapes. And this all goes unbeknownst to Doctor Strange because he's too busy chopping heads and running a very, very successful petting zoo. The most successful petting zoo in the northeastern United States because that's where he decided to live now. He's in, he's in New Hampshire just running this. And nobody makes as much money. He's monopolized the petting zoo game. He even comes to you. If you pay enough, he'll, he'll teleport his entire operation to your kid's birthday party. So that's a whole other issue that we'll do as well. Like one full issue of him just successfully laying down kids' birthdays parties with sick petting zoo stuff. So anyways, she escapes. He doesn't know. He's too busy making money. He's making loot, and there's no more crime, so all this greedy son of a bitch is just rolling in it. She sneaks out, comes back, and she's like, how am I going to do this? If I just... If I just jump on him, he's 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 Doctor Strange. I can't do anything about Stephen Strange, right? That's his name. He's Stephen yes. Strange. I can't I can't touch this guy. So what she what what in her in her mind thinks of is she turns she she finds Ant Man. The ultimate punk on Ant Man is Doctor Strange turned him into an actual ant and put him inside of a ant farm just on his desk. He's just a paperweight ant farm, you know, the sand in the glass thing on his desk. She get, she finds him, boom, turns him back into Ant-Man. Ant-Man stays really small, so Doctor Strange, again, he's too busy. Just He's Trump-style money right now, or alleged Trump-style money. <laughs> we don't know how much he actually makes. Let's not get political. So he's he's Trump-style money right now. He's not worried about this freaking... He's a paperweight. There's no one who can step to Doctor Strange. So Ant-Man, when Doctor Strange... let's say, I don't want to say he's sleeping, but let's say he's taking one of his fat cat naps in his big lazy boy chair in front of the old school. this will be years in the past by the way this isn't going to be modern there's going to be a big tube tv watching the local news kind of flickering a little bit you know how they do that and all like the the old timey stuff there's always the fat dad watching tv so that's what he's doing he's like have you seen matilda uh yeah he's kind of like the scumbag dad in matilda you know like danny devito's character in the movie yeah i, I he's, remember he's, he's he's sitting back and and ant-man this is what Ant-Man decides to do. He's like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Let's humiliate him and just murder his ass. So what he does, small Ant-Man style. He's already traumatized, keep in mind, because what I'm about to explain would traumatize anybody in the world. But Ant-Man's already messed up from being turned into an ant and put on someone's desk as a paperweight. Just freaking watching him count his hundreds from his most successful petting zoo in the Northeast U.S. I already said that, right? Okay. So crawls up inside Doctor Strange's ass while he's sleeping and he doesn't even note it and Doctor Strange does one of those you know there's like the panel of him making that like scrunched face like oh I'm a little uncomfortable but it's not enough to actually like make me move you know what I mean you know like when they put whipped cream in people's hands before they do that prank they kind of do that little shudder like something's different but I don't care Ant-Man just spends like you know, half an issue crawling through through the insides of Doctor Strange. He's crawling, crawling. Right when he's in the middle of him, boom, clicks his big button, blows up. Doctor Strange gets ripped in half. Never, Nothing Doctor Strange could ever do. He had no idea this was going on. And when Doctor Strange... Oh, man. You know what? That's okay. I'm going to leave. Doctor Strange dies, and all the superheroes are just stuck as animals for the rest of their life. And I'm going to figure out why Scarlet Witch didn't want to help them. Oh, the whole point Scarlet Witch did this? 
she took over the petting zoo. Now she's Trump-style money. That's why she did it. Guess what? Ant-Man blows up Doctor Strange and and is like, we did it, yeah, and he goes to high-five her. Boom, she turns him back into an ant, puts him in the same ant farm on her desk as a paperweight this time. Oh, what? That's a good story, Patrick. We just sold a million issues first week. Do not, do not add me to this. I, you need to see a therapist. No, no, we, <laughs> we just sold, we just sold a million issues with that story. We didn't sell a million issues. You did not uh, sell a million issues. You sold zero issues. This is a terrible idea. You're no me, part of this is good. You're telling me, Doctor Strange, as the most successful petting zoo entrepreneur in the Northeast area, is not a million issue comic. That is exactly what I'm saying. That's, that's literally exactly what I am saying verbatim. Yes. I think you're wrong, man. I think everyone I, wants to see a good guy flip and go completely wrong. Yeah, I mean, first of all, there I mean, there have been books uh, like Irredeemable that did that without a petting zoo. Yeah, um, they did it PG style, man. I'm a grown ass adult. This is a book for this is a book for the curious. The, the bi curious of uh, <laughs> hey, that's not for me to judge. That's not for me to judge. Okay, live your life. Do what you need to do. I mean, I feel like bestiality is illegal, so I mean that's that's a thing. But I mean, whatever, that's fine. Not in Doctor Strange's world, it isn't. Wow, you are just a disturbed human being. I'm just, I'm just. Hey, that's not me. That's Stephen Strange. Okay, I can't control what he does. This is a fictional world. Okay. I don't think Marvel would ever so. allow this to happen, and rightly so. Okay. It- well, let's just eventually their movies are gonna start being bad, and they're just everything's gonna tank, and they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, how do we make our money back?" And then this fat ass sitting in the sitting in the board meetings, like, you know, hold on, now hear me out. This guy, I, I was listening to a podcast, and this guy pitched a pretty good Doctor Strange story that I think would be worth the risk. They pitch my story, they they love it, run it million dollar or million issues first week all of a sudden marvel's back in business kevin is trump style money now i mean you are literally your delusions of grandeur have trumped mine that's amazing why you just gotta break my dreams man i'm just trying to believe in something like i could live with the batman thing like i would definitely help that be developed (laughs) this is just the worst thing ever this is just awful (laughs) whatever okay fine this is a side project i'll do on my own and when i'm trump style money I'll let you borrow my Ferrari every now and again. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sad. That's, that's a good story. You know what? I'm I'm going to pitch that story every few episodes we do until someone, when we have people who actually like comment and write shit to us, says that I should do that, then I'll start building the actual story. So I'll let it sit for now. I'll, I'll bide my time, good sir. So I hope you enjoyed the last episode of Men in the Machine. Uh, we had a good good run (laughs) (laughs) don't say that all right well patrick shut me down so let's slide out of that i think that's a great idea and i really enjoy talking about making comics with you so what we want to do on a future episode is actually spend a time trying to legitimately create a comic book like maybe we do just one issue for an episode and see how that goes and if it goes well every now and again we do another one um not necessarily drawing, because I suck at that, and I have no idea who your skills are, but dialogue and painting a scene and characters and maybe creating new people and whatnot. I think that'd be a really good time. Fair enough. I'm really good at dialogue. Yeah, I can't draw for shit, but I'm really good at dialogue Boom. and plotting. I'm the general uh, nonsense ideas that help us move forward. You put it together into cohesive thought, and 
on and we'll and we'll make it move. So one day we'll do that. But let's slide into who's who. My favorite no, actually I like who would win in a fight more. My second favorite game of the show. There's only two, but you just don't look into the details. And where I ask Patrick who would be which one of these famous <laughs> pairs either one of us would be, whether you know, for example, we did Wayne and Garth. I'm obviously Wayne. He's clearly Garth. That sort of a That's thing. That's not true at all. I'm clearly Wayne. So, no, go. that was the consensus. Just don't look back into the episode. That was clearly <laughs> the consensus. So I will start off. We're only going to do two because we're, we're already running on an hour. So we always we take a few minutes doing these, and then obviously who would win in a fight's my favorite. So we'll just do two. I'm going to do one movie, and I'm going to do one uh, comic book. So we'll start with comic book, who I think this one has very good potential to go debate style and it's a pretty obvious one iron man and captain america i mean i'm really curious i'll let you make you... your pitch first no i want you to make your pitch first and then i'll make my pitch <laughs> i mean that's the thing is like okay the way iron man used to be i never like i never really got the character and then like when they started doing like when downing's interpretation and john favreau's interpretation i have literally mm-hmm. had at least a dozen people in my life over the class like eight years, I guess almost nine years, um, mm-hmm. since they've been making Iron Man films, tell me that I am basically Tony Stark. That like as much as I would like I, to believe that. I am Captain America, apparently I'm Iron Man. Like it's like and I definitely I, okay. I relate a lot I don't... to that character. This is one thing we always say. I don't care about what other people think, Patrick. Don't tell me stories about what other people say. I want to know what you think. Because you are. Your humor and your attitude are very similar to Iron Man's. But I want to know why you think you'd be Captain America and why you think you'd be Iron Man. No, I, mean, I wish I could say that I was like... I mean, because I feel the thing is, like, you're a way better person than I am, which is why you probably wouldn't be Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Tony Stark, that's the whole thing. Is like what, they, that what they've done with Jon Favreau is kind of... Because the thing in the comics was, like, to kind of make him interesting. They added the whole alcoholism angle. Because, really, in the end, I mean, for, for really any character to be relatable, they have to be kind of broken on some level. There's a reason, like, Superman was kind of unrelatable for a really long time. Because it was, like, it was just Too a perfect. character that was just... Yeah, exactly. Where it's, like, Iron Man for a really long time, basically just Marvel's version of James Bond, and that's not really interesting. And then, like, mm. they added the alcoholism angle, and that kind of gave it somewhere to go that was interesting. And I feel like they kind of really doubled down with it uh, with John Favreau and uh, Robert Denny Jr. Where like not only I mean he's just a fucking mess of a human being like, but he uses that to like kind of finally be the the thing that makes him a hero. Like he turns that self hatred into something that makes him more like more than he ever thought he could be. But at the same time, like Steve Rogers essentially is effortlessly good like see rogers what yeah. everybody wants to be like see rogers is superman whereas like tony stark is like your batman or your like whatever like see mm-hmm. rogers is the paramount he's the paragon like he's the oh, best thank of the you best. patrick that's really <laughs> sweet of you to say about me and then like iron man is the guy who's just trying to hold his shit together and do the best he can so like i mean i can definitely relate to that character more than i can relate because mm-hmm. I mean, cats america is in my top five characters, he's like, I prefer him as a character, but like, that's mm-hmm. why I said when Civil War was coming out, when everybody that like, um, was like Team Iron Man, I'm like, then you're dead to me and go fuck yourself. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with you. <laughs> like, and then at the end of the movie, like, it was the first time in my life where it's like, I'm still Team Captain America, 
when it comes down it's to just a lot harder. To, what I'm saying is when it comes down to Tony Stark versus Steve Rogers, I'm I'm with Tony Stark because in the end, mm. Tony Stark is the guy who did make the right choices. Like he wouldn't have done what Steve did, where like Steve mm. basically like I mean it's like the whole line in the movie where he's just like I'm sorry Tony he's my friend and it's like so was I, where it's like he definitely picked uh bucky over him and that sucks like mm-hmm. that's that's really that's that's i mean I, i've had that happen to me it so cuts really deep man it cuts real deep my man but i'd say like but, but most of the time like most of steve because even in the end of the movie like after like he and steve like or he and tony like went toe to toe like he's the one that basically leads the olive branch for tony where you just like i'm breaking out my people but if you ever need my help here's how to get a hold of me don't hesitate to call so that's the thing is like in the end, Steve Rogers is almost like it's like the like the line in uh, Avengers where it's like everything that was good about you came out of a bottle. Like it's not really true though. Like it's like really all the super soldiers did all the super soldier serum did was make him big and strong and fast. Like everything that is Captain America about him existed Ooh, before he was Captain America. Like all the goodness in him existed before he was when he was just a fucking 90 yeah. pound weakling yeah which is I'm, I'm 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 more than a 90 pound weakling but i can relate to the smaller steve rogers <laughs> uh all right so actually that yeah that turns out really well i can't the only thing i can think about me for iron man is that he's relatively snarky and i like to be a jackass sometimes but as far as like intellect goes I will I will never say you're smarter than me, but I will hands down say you are more intelligent than me. Um you you have more facts up in your brain, your vocabulary is better, but when it comes to just like general smartness, which is like how you act and behave and pick up random stuff around you, I, I won't say you're smarter than me. I'm sorry, I'm not giving that up. But well, yeah, you are I more intelligent than I am. So there's that. <laughs> so uh so that's where the Iron Man thing, I definitely give you that edge. Um, you're, you're definitely can be more of a jackass than me on a regular basis. So there you win, Iron Man. You do like to be the leader more than I do. I'm okay with just rolling, rolling with the punches. So that's why I would give you Captain America. Um, I definitely think I'm more of a people person like Captain America is than you, which is why you're more of a uh isolationist like iron man is i guess i mean robert downey jr's iron man i guess isn't that way but in general he's more like to himself and just screw everyone else i'm in it to continue doing what i want to do so yeah i guess you iron man me captain america that we can settle that one right fair enough that works (laughs) sex appeal i like that one that's a good one that was that was friendly banter patrick (laughs) uh all right so uh i said i would do a movie one next and there's a lot on here so i'm gonna ask you to give me uh either comedy or suspense no no comedy or action comedy or action 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 all right so this one is really dumb but i want to know who's more like dom and who's more like brian from fast and the furious I'm clearly Dom. Like, this has been... You're clearly (laughs) Brian. Like, this is very obvious. I don't watch the movies. I've only ever seen the second one, which is the greatest movie ever. Too Fast, Too Furious. That's the worst fucking movie ever. Second of all, watch Watch either the first one or, like, one of the ones past four, and you will see their relationship. Clearly I am Dom. Clearly you are Brian. Like, it's very obvious. Talk to me. Give me... Give me some stuff. Like I said, the only thing I know is that Dom is like the 
the cocky guy you it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile winning's winning which is awesome i said that kind of like westerny i'm sorry for that it was like really southern and i don't know why that happened don't worry about it but uh and then brian is like the pretty boy who's like no i can hold my own mister he doesn't say mister because he would probably get shot but he says something clever so i don't know much about the two characters you got to give me more well no i mean basically like Dom is kind of the like cold calculating kind of like guy and Dom or and Brian's the more kind of like I'm not gonna say like kind of the like crazier one, but he's like the one that's more kind of like reactionary. So like oh, I am a hundred percent reactionary. Like that is literally how I live my life is I don't give two shits about preparing for anything. I just I just just do. I'm aware. That's why I'm saying I'm clearly Dom and you're clearly Brian. All right. I'm not going to contest it. I'm okay with it. Everyone loves Paul Walker. I don't understand yeah. it, but everyone loves Paul Walker, and I'm on a uh, cool, cool. I'll I still it. think it's fucking weird. Like, it's been, in the most recent movie, when they had the little, like, CGI, creepy Paul Walker, the, like, yeah, yeah. I had people, I wanted to see that in the theater. I've seen every Fast and the Furious movie since uh, three, I think, in the theater. And, um, yeah, I think I've seen everyone since movie, three. Man. Um, in the theater, and there were girls crying in front of me at, at the end of Furious 7. I'm like, <laughs> how are you sad right now? I'm creeped the fuck out by that CGI feature <laughs> in that car. Like, Yeah, that that did not go well. Like, I, I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the images of it because it became a meme overnight of just, like, why would they do this? And unfortunately, it became a popular thing in fucking Hollywood. They've CGI'd a handful of characters now. But Disney said no. We will not CGI Carrie Fisher into our next Star Wars movie, which is amazing. One thing though, sometimes it doesn't bother me. Like it's like it doesn't like um like in Tron and um, Grandma Arkin in uh the new Star Wars Rogue One, it's fine because when the character is supposed to be like, a bad guy and it's supposed to be creepy, it's fine. When it's like a heroic character, like, even if, like the two seconds at the end of Rogue One where they did CGI young Carrie Fisher, it's like I don't like. It. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Like, please stop. Like, this is upsetting. Like, I was like, what if the guy is fine? So I'm like, whatever. Like, they're supposed to be creepy anyway. So this adds to the group factor. Like, whenever you're, like, trying yeah. to make me, like, sympathize with a CGI character, I'm like, nope, that's not a thing. That's not a thing I'm going to do. I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right. So, that one, no, there's no contest. He's dumb. I'm Brian. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. Yeah, I'll roll with it. But... Slide out of who's who. Always love it. Thank you for putting up with it. I'll, I'll th- You know what? I'm going to start thanking you every time. You're a good sport, Patrick. You're a real good sport. <laughs> and in that fashion, please stay a good sport and roll into who would win in a fight with me. And we're going to start with a big one, a big shebang, a big who's who of who's who around here. Who would win in a fight? Silver Surfer or Dr. Manhattan? Um, I mean, I guess Dr. Manhattan is getting, like, fucking literally do anything. <laughs> like... It's but can't the silver surfer, surfer almost do anything? He's got the power cosmic. One thing though, it's the power cosmic. That's the, the whole thing is like the, the weird thing with those two characters is like they're like basically the, the, the whole power cosmic thing is so nebulous that it's like kind of like it's almost like the Doctor Strange magic thing where it's like like basically anything in the cosmos somehow to do with the power cosmic. And then like, but Doctor Manhattan in like the real world, you actually like because Watchmen. It essentially was kind of like the whole story of like what would superheroes be like in the real world, where like Doctor Manhattan is basically God. Like, how the fuck do you beat God? <laughs> like, I mean, you, you, you don't. 
if you break down, because the whole thing was that, um, if you actually look at the Silver Surfer, the whole actually origin of Silver Surfer was um, Dr., or I'm sorry, uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby, um, they did Galactic Surfer. It was, um, Glass was basically representing God, and Silver Surfer basically representing Jesus. So basically, mm-hmm. to, to, to that end, if Dr. Hatton eventually is God, and Silver Surfer is <laughs> Jesus, I feel like God would beat Jesus. <laughs> God wins. Sorry, bro. You ain't win. The 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 student does not become the master in this scenario. Silver Surfer, you little some bitch, yeah. cocky little silver shiny some man. Those abs look good though. They do look <laughs> nice. I'm just you have to admit he's got a tight body. Well, so does Doctor Manhattan, and you get to see full dong. So I guess we don't <laughs> see full. So that alone is what wins it for Doctor Manhattan for me. Sure, Silver Surfer is doing his surfering things and through the skies, but that penis is flopping left and right. Whatever he's, it doesn't actually move. No, it's not left and right. That shit's stationary. It's hovering there. It's a Jesus penis. Oh yeah. Okay, Doctor Manhattan for the win now. Let's slide into a team versus team thing, Patrick. I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna get a little hot and bothered about this one. Little little slip inside action down in Patrick's South Town. So, gargoyles versus TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There is no way I can ever not pick Ninja Turtles. Like you fucking. What? It's the gargoyles. But I love the Ninja Turtles so much. No matter what, I'd be like, with their power of teamwork, they're gonna win. That the same thing can be said for the gargoyles. They can fly, and well, they turn to stone in the day. That's not exactly a good thing. But they're the they're like super strong. I mean, theoretically, if you want. I mean, the basically just wait out, then turn back into a gargoyle, and then just smash the <laughs> gargoyles with their weapons, and then therefore the team and you win. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. I thought it was going to be a lot closer than that. I really liked that one. No, I mean, I, 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 I like Gargoyles, but it's just like nothing is like, okay, basically, like, my first thing might have been Batman, I don't remember, obviously. The first thing I remember being obsessed with was T-Man. The second thing I remember being obsessed with was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I have maintained that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fandom into my adult life. So, like, the fact, like, if you put anything against Turtles, it's going to be really difficult like to not pick turtles because I have such a, like, an emotional right. soft spot for them that it's just like almost anyone even be like like Justice League, Avengers, whatever, I'd be like, I have to at some level believe that turtles would win just because of how much I love the turtles. Alright, that's fair. I mean, I personally would give it to the gargoyles because of not only their strength but their claws and their wings. Like they use those things for everything. Not only that, they fly. You can just come out the sky and do all sorts of cool fight techniques with it. So I go gargoyles on this one, but I understand why you picked TMNT. Really, like I was saying, like it was something that like it would be really cool to see, but it's like in my head, it's, it's like I just it's it's just so automatic. I'm just kind of like. Anyone versus TMNT, I'm like, TMNT, because they're fucking TMNT, and I fucking love TMNT. Yeah. I just can't. I could never see myself picking anybody over TMNT. I love them too much. All right. New personal quest. Find something that Patrick would have to pick over TMNT and who would win in a fight. And I'm not going to go extreme, like, you know, who would win in a fight, Dark Side or TMNT. It's like Dark Side would clearly win that. But we will. I'll, I'll, I'll make it reasonable, and I'll, I'll get it that way. But since that one was so quick, and we're going to end the show in a matter of minutes anyways, just tell me in the silliest of races of all time, no, not the Flash versus Quicksilver, because nobody's faster than the Flash. 
Sonic the Hedgehog versus Speedy Gonzalez? I mean, I guess probably Sonic. I I don't know. I have no explanation of how either of their speed works. I honestly, (laughs) they're just cartoons. My Mexican heritage leans towards Speedy Gonzalez because he wears a dope sombrero. No, just tell me this. What... What magic is going on in that universe that he can run at supersonic speeds and his sombrero doesn't even wiggle? Like, Sonic doesn't have to worry about nothing. He's this naked pervert streaking all along fucking... That's why the the Eggman is always after him. It's because his penis is flopping everywhere and it's in decent exposure. He's just being an outstanding citizen trying to put this dirtbag hedgehog away. Meanwhile, Speedy Gonzalez, fully clothed, sombrero... Just trying to go around helping everybody eat some cheese. He's be he's Robin Hood of that. Yeah, I give it to Speedy. He wins. I mean, fair enough. I can't really argue with that. <laughs> it's like I mean, it's, it's such a difficult one. It's like, but I think I mean, if you're like fucking, um, like you're asking first thing. I'm like, honestly, like it's a fucking universe where one time they got so meta with it that Dobby Duck had a fight with his animator and like that's one of my favorite things ever we're like erasing Daffy Duck and they're creating a world around him oh yeah yeah and he keeps drawing stuff eventually he walks off the page or off the uh like page or animation he's in just a white background that is one of the best episodes ever yeah as I'm saying like it's it's it's, so you're like you're you're questioning the whole thing of like how is some rarism like dude but there are certain times you're disbelief (laughs) like just go with it well, I'm going with it, and Speedy Gonzalez takes the victory in that variation. So I'm sure someone would probably have an explanation as to why one of them's faster than I. I'm sure the internet has gone in about what makes each, you know, those guys, the Roadrunner, all the different fast things fast. So I'm going to go ahead and just continue with my win. But let's wrap this up. We had a really good time with this one. Um, this Keep keep listening in on Fridays. That's when we're going to keep dropping them, keep the hot hot flavor sauce coming in years can flavor sauce come in your ears uh that's so weird i don't even know where to start so sure i think it can so that's what it's doing but thank you for listening tune back in like us around share us with your friends tell your grandma about us you know she'll love it she'll love the way we talk so otherwise this has been another wonderful episode of the men of the machine i am kevin (laughs) and have a wonderful day.